Hi, and welcome to Girl Holly Favored. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards. This show is about spirituality and overcoming life's traumas, pains, and heartaches. It's beauty through the ashes. It's testimony, storytelling, and life experiences. So come on, listen in, and let's see where the Holy Spirit guides us. Today I want to discuss pride and Jesus. When I say pride, I am referring to the LGBTQ community and with it, the unfortunate acts of judgment and hate surrounding it and the people within its community, especially throughout this month of June. I've already have seen a few posts on social media where their flag was removed from a school where uh, a local art exhibit by LGBTQ students, art students, was um, vandalized and a life-size cross was left in in place um, at the scene. And I just want to reiterate what scripture says because when we do things like this do we think that we're getting our point across what our emotions may be telling us is right for wrong or are we as believers going by what scripture says In the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 24 through 32, you can find what the Bible says about men being with men and women being with women. But I don't want to focus on that because we hear all the time what the Word of God says about homosexuality and sin. I want to focus on chapter 2 in Romans. What does it say right after that? It says, therefore you are inexcusable. Oh man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For what you do, judge. For you who judge, practice the same things. So let me say that again. Therefore, You are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And what are those same things? In verse 29, those things are listed. Filled with unrighteousness, which in Romans 3 verse 11 says there is none righteous, no, not one. Sexual immorality, which pretty much covers lust, adultery, sex outside of marriage, masturbation, wickedness, definition being evil or morally wrong. You can throw cursing in there as an example. Covetousness, defined as a to want to 
possess something that belongs to someone else. Maliciousness, a desire to cause harm to someone. Full of envy, defined as a desire to have quality, possession, or other desirables belonging to another. Strife, fight, struggle, exertion, or contention for superiority. Deceit, intentionally misleading another. Example would be lying. Evil-mindedness, for they are whisperers, the Bible says. That would make me think of gossip, talking behind others' backs. Backstabbers, criticizing someone in a treacherous manner while claiming friendship with that person. Haters of God, and the list goes on to say violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful. I want to give us all something to meditate on. The Bible says in several places throughout the Word of God that the Word of God was written on our hearts. Meaning that the truth of the Word of God, God's truth, was written on our hearts. It's also mentioned throughout several places in the Bible where it says our names were recorded in the book of life before God formed the world, before the foundation of the world. When I first read that, and every time I read that, it blows my mind. I can't even wrap my mind around that. That our names were written and recorded in the book of life before God ever even said, let there be light. The word says that God knew us before we were formed in the womb in Jeremiah 1.5. Now, the story about when the Pharisees and the men in town bring the woman that was accused of adultery, she was accused of being found and committing the act of adultery, and they bring her to Jesus, and they want Jesus to say, stone her to death. But instead, Jesus draws in the sand, and then he says, Ye without sin cast the first stone. And the men drop their stones. And one by one they leave until he asks her, Woman, where are your accusers? And he tells her to go and sin no more. And that's the story that's in the Bible. But I wonder... If it wasn't a woman that was brought to Jesus that day that had been caught in the act of adultery, what if it was a woman or a man that was found in the act of homosexuality? Do we think that the outcome would have been different? 
Do we think if it had been that sin, that Jesus would have stood up and threw a rock at them? I don't think so. I think it would have had the same exact outcome. I believe it would have still been you without sin cast the first stone. One of the most popular quoted verses in the Bible is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. We all have only one spiritual father and we all are his children. He gives us free will. It is our choice to choose him. He's already chosen us. It is up to each one of us to choose him. We're all sinners. We all fall short. But it's up to each one of us to repent, to be humble, to have that humiliation, to know that we are all in need of a savior. God loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever, Jesus died on the cross because he loved us. He first loved us so that we could have forgiveness of our sins, so that we could be cleansed, so that we could have a chance to have eternal life. We have got to stop judging each other. We have to stop pointing fingers at the other person's sins. We have to stop casting stones. Those of us that are born again, it is our job to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom and salvation. It's our job to be the light, to be an example of the light of the truth. It is not our job to judge to condemn or hate. Hate is a sin. Acts of hate against another person or group of people is a sin. My best friend for over 20 years now is a gay man and he's like a brother to me and we've been friends longer than I have rededicated my life to Christ and he's seen changes in me and when I read the Bible and I go to church He's visited church with me before. 
he's went to a Joyce Myers conference with me before and got saved that night. And when I read passages in the Bible to him, he's open and receptive. We've had numerous conversations about the Word and Jesus. But what I don't do is condemn him. I don't judge him for his choices or his lifestyle. And for the Christians out there that want to know, do I talk about God's wrath with him? Yes. Yes, I do. But I don't say God's wrath is coming upon him because of homosexuality. Because it's about sin. God's wrath will come upon us as sinners if we do not repent. If we are not saved. My biggest plea to him when it comes to God is that he pray and that he talks to God, and that he has a personal relationship with him. Because I believe that if we have a relationship with God, that God's gonna take it from there. God's gonna put people in our lives, in our paths. I know that he's done that with me. I'm not perfect. I'm not where I wanna be. Thank God I'm not where I used to be. God has removed so many things from my life that I used to do. Things that I gave up that I didn't ever think I would get up, give them up. Because honestly, truthfully, I enjoyed doing some of those things. And some of them I didn't think about at all and other things I probably would have argued that they weren't wrong at one time. But God. So what do we need to do? We need to pray for one another and lift them up to God. Family member, co-worker, boss, stranger. Groups of people that we don't know stop and pray we need a witness yes witness and spread the gospel spread the news about the kingdom share the gift of salvation and eternal life does the bible tell us that if you see your brother doing something wrong that you should say something yes How are we saying it? Are we saying it out of content? Are are we saying it out of hate? Are we saying it out of judgment? Are we saying it out of love? Because our final commandment was to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our hearts, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. And we are definitely a society of self-love. 
2 Timothy 3.1 says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be many difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money, and they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. Does that sound familiar? Here's something else you can meditate on. Matthew 5:18 in the New Living Translation. Jesus is speaking and he says, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. If you're not somebody who reads the Bible, or maybe you're just not reading it on a regular basis, try picking it up once a day, once a week. Just pick a verse and focus and meditate just on that verse. Read it over and over throughout that day, throughout that week. And just let your heart and your mind just meditate on it. Because the verse I just read you is powerful. He says, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Following that, Matthew 5, 19. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Remember, in Isaiah 64, 6, that the Bible says that we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, that they are nothing but filthy rags. So I leave you with this question. What are you teaching? How are you teaching? If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and hit that notification button so that you won't miss future shows. Leave a comment or ask questions. I love your interaction. And if you would like or feel led to support the show, there's a button for that as well. Until next time, sending you love and prayers.